welcome to Two Book Minimum, because life's too short to only read one book at a time. I'm Monica Fumarolo. To me, August is the new year. It's the season of change. It's when my birthday is, when the school year starts, usually the same week, if not the same day, and the air is heavy with humidity and the weight of changes. We're turning over new leaves and calendar pages, and notebooks are still crisp and clean, full of potential for ideas and scribbles and triumphs and tragedies. Or maybe you just need a scrap to spit out a piece of gum. You decide. It's your choice. So choose to change or choose to stand still. Depending on the situation, either one could be the right answer. Today's books focus on change and two women who approach it differently. One with incredible gusto, the other with a bit more caution, but both with admirable qualities. I'll be sharing my thoughts on Glaciers by Alexis M. Smith, but first up is One Life by Megan Rapino. Like so many girls who grew up in the 1990s, I played soccer. In a decade dedicated to girl power, I was raised with the radical notion that girls could do anything and be anything they wanted to be when they grew up. The 1999 U.S. Women's National Team was a huge part of that cultural norming that became ingrained in millennials like me. So of course I watch the World Cup when it's on every four years, cheering for the ladies representing the stars and stripes, but also for the general advancement of the game and women in general. And so, prior to this year's tournament, when I saw that my friend, writer Brittany Driebel, was listening to the audiobook of Megan Rapinoe's memoir, One Life, published by Penguin in 2020, I decided to follow suit. I absolutely love listening to memoirs that are narrated by their authors, and Megan Rapinoe is no exception. While she has garnered a huge media spotlight in the last eight years, it was just as much for her activism as it was for her accomplishments on the pitch. Rapino takes readers back to the beginning with her twin sister, siblings, and parents in a small town in California where she always dreamed of more. She talks about falling in love with the game, family triumphs and tragedies, finding freedom and truths about herself in college, and how playing for the national team has brought her international attention, sometimes positively and sometimes from very angry people in positions of power who don't appreciate her honesty or voice. I'm not sure how many people can appreciate how intelligent and considerate Rapino is because they're more focused on her hair color. But even though she may not think long about some things, she does care about the implications and impact her choices can have on making things better for others. I'm sad that the U.S.'s time in the 2023 Cup was so short-lived, and I'm bummed that we'll no longer be seeing Rapino's multicolored hair and signature pose on the international stage anymore. She's been such a fun player to watch, and I really enjoyed listening to this book for a few hours and learning more about her. I'm eager to see what she does next, and in the meantime, you can absolutely bet I'll be happily be putting the Young Readers edition of this book into the hands of my middle school students. Everyone has to start somewhere, right? And for me, Glaciers by Alexis M. Smith was the start of my Goodreads to read list. Apparently, I added it in January of 2013, and I finally read it in June of 2023. So that's 10 years and six months. That's an entire lifetime of a fifth grader or something. 
but I've always been a mood reader, and I'm a firm believer in the cosmic magic of reading the right book at the right time. And this book hit exactly the right note at the right time. There are certain kinds of books that I'm almost always a sucker for. I adore books that take place in a single day. I love how it reminds me that our days contain multitudes, as do each of our lives. Also, I love short books. There was a while there when I was heavily reading YA titles and it seemed like every other novel coming out was upwards of 400 pages. And frankly, I've been finding that if an editor had gone to town with a red pen and tightened things up, I'd have been happier. I also love books about book people, though I admit I'm extremely picky about them. I think they must be some of the hardest stories to write because book people can also be harsh critics. We take reading so very personally, and it can be hard to nail that feeling in a way that clicks. So when I finally got around to reading Glaciers, spreading it out over the course of two afternoons, I was delighted that it hit all of the boxes. Our protagonist here is Isabel, and she just felt like me. Or if not like me, then a girl I would love to be friends with because she gets me and I get her as she spends her days largely alone in her library job, feeling slightly separated from everything in a way that she always has. She's a woman always slightly out of step with the people around her and with time itself, silently pining for a co-worker from afar, even though he's only right down the hall. She feels a kinship to people in long-abandoned photographs and items in thrift shops because even though they've been cast aside by someone, they are new and precious treasures to her simply because they exist. She's just trying, and some days, that's a lot to ask of a person. So yeah, I adored this. This book is best described as a hot mug of tea or chocolate in your hands on a cold day. And that's the story for now. I'm currently reading After You Vanished by E.A. Neves, and until next time, happy reading. <laughs>